you have probably seen a television channel that has a program called Christmas in July. My sermon today, or at least the beginning of my sermon, could have the same title, Christmas in July. During the Soviet occupation, when I was a child, celebrating Christmas was not directly forbidden, but it was not considered a right or appropriate thing for a Soviet person to do. And therefore, many people celebrated Christmas semi-secretly. In the past, things were much stricter. So, during the 1920s in the Soviet Union, efforts were made to ban not only the celebration of Christmas, but also the celebration of New Year's Eve. And, for example, having a Christmas tree was stigmatized as an impermissible bourgeois remnant. However, quite a lot of people celebrated Christmas, and school children in particular had the habit of going to church on Christmas Eve. Even children from families who didn't usually attend the church. Perhaps the interest would not have been so great on Christmas Eve if the teachers had not paradoxically made sure that as many children as possible went to church. Namely, they said that it was strictly forbidden. And it is quite natural that this created interest and excitement that might not have been there otherwise. I remember one Christmas Eve that became somewhat of a turning point for me because what I experienced was in stark contrast to official anti-religious propaganda. Namely, we were taught at school that the church is an instrument of oppression and that all believers are either evil or crazy people. However, when I arrived at the crowded church with one of my classmates that Christmas evening and climbed up to the choir balcony because there was no free seat in the church, I was surprised by the choir singers who welcomed us warmly, put song sheets in our hands and helpfully showed when and where we had to sing. Things got even better when the service had ended and we set ourselves on our way home. I remember it so clearly. It was already evening, it was dark, the sky was clear, full of stars. Yeah, like, like on this TV channel, you know, this Christmas in July. The streets glistened with recently fallen fresh snow. It was quite cold. We walked along a small street and talked about how good it would be to have something to eat and something hot to drink. 
suddenly one of the windows opened and an old lady wished us a Merry Christmas and said, Children, why are you out in the cold? Come in, I'll give you some hot milk and pie. Of course, we went in. The old lady served us delicious food and told us about the birth of Jesus. They probably talked about it in church too, but I have to admit I don't remember much about it. However, as you can see, I still remember that old lady and that Christmas night, even 40 years later. In Estonian, we say that love goes through the stomach. I don't know if this proverb is quite appropriate to sum up the story I just told you, but in any case, it's clear that hospitality is something of the utmost importance. Actually, it is an integral integral part of human nature. Let's think about how we celebrate holidays, birthdays, anniversaries. We invite our family and friends and eat together. Of course, a good conversation is also important, but eating and drinking are a necessary part of celebrating our most important life events. When we read the Holy Scripture, we see that it has been this way from the beginning. As one of the most memorable stories, I want to highlight how the patriarch Abraham once received three wayfarers. The book of Genesis describes it this way. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, He ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not the way. I pray thee from thy servant, let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread. And comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the heart. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched the calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man. And he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. In fact, if you paid attention, the story is quite funny. Cakes of three measures, that is about 
45 pounds of flour are baked for the three strangers. And the whole calf is served to them. And Abraham calls it a morsel of bread. According to Oriental custom, this is basic hospitality. You do not offer the stranger just anything. You give him abundantly so that he does not have to worry about how much he may eat and that he can feel well and cared for in every way. And note that Abraham does not think that he is doing the strangers any favors. On the contrary, the fact that he is allowed to receive them with this kind of hospitality shows that he has found favor in the eyes of the Lord. We also read about eating in today's gospel. A large crowd had gathered to Jesus. He had been teaching them for three days. The people didn't want to leave him. And finally, they ran out of the food they had brought from home. They had only a few loaves of bread and some fish for 4,000 people. St. Mark tells us that Jesus had compassion on the multitude. We could also translate the Greek word used here that he was deeply moved within. Literally, his bowels contracted at the sight of the pitiable condition of the people. I'm pretty sure it wasn't just about that momentary hunger, but more broadly about the whole deplorable situation that humanity has been in since the fall. We know that we have no way of surviving and reaching our eternal goal by our own strength. Only God's grace can help us. When Jesus told the disciples that they should feed the people, the disciples said, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? This reminds me of the beginning of the Bible. God created man and put him in the Garden of Eden to keep and cultivate it. There, in the garden, they had everything necessary for both present and eternal life. But they wanted more, as it always happens. And in the end, lost everything. The Bible says, Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thors also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for thus thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. There is, in this wilderness, we have turned our planet into not enough bread 
for us to eat and live forever. Only God can give us the true bread of life. The good news of our Christian faith is that God cares for us, loves us, and has given us everything we need for life now and forever, despite our disobedience and resistance. Jesus asked his disciples how many loaves of bread they had. The disciples answered, seven. Seven is the number of fullness. It means that there was enough bread, or rather, there was an abundance of bread. We heard that seven basketfuls of leftovers were collected afterward. If Abraham, as we heard, was ready to lavishly feed three strangers, how much more will God take care of each one of us, his beloved children? One might now argue that he has next to nothing, let alone in abundance. Well, it depends on what we value. The next time you breathe in and out, consider that it is something we take for granted. We live on oxygen, which makes life possible on this planet. But it is actually an utter rarity in the vast universe. A person who says he has nothing has probably never seriously considered how miraculous and not at all self-evident it is that we exist and that we have the ability not only to breathe in and out, but to do many other absolutely priceless things. All of this is God's gift to us. Just as we are grateful to the people who have fed and covered us, provided us with lodging, taking care of us, we must be even more grateful to God, our Creator, whose generosity is boundless, who gives us in abundance, and who does not want to feed us only with earthly bread, but with the bread of eternal life. Without it, we cannot endure, and we don't have to, because God's promises are sure, and his love is invincible. Thanks and praise be to him for his wonderful grace and mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.